fine listeners. This is writer and creator of a blind play of social forces, Michael Mao. As we inch closer to the final episode of season one, we have room for this amazing bonus episode, a frank discussion with two of the stars of the episode, a blind play of social forces, Rich Green and Pascal Casimir. If you haven't listened to the episode yet, episode eight, just be aware there are spoilers. And now, my discussion with Rich Green and Pascal Casimir. Well, I want to thank you guys for, uh, for talking to me this morning. Yeah. Of course. Of course. This, uh, the episode came out, I guess, uh, at 5 a.m. So at least a, a couple people on their, on their way to work listen to it and uh, are now depressed for the rest of the day. So <laughs> that means we did our jobs. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. I, I've had an opportunity to talk with actors who were in other episodes, never, never two at once, but you two both inhabited these characters so well that i mean they just it just made them so much scarier rich your enthusiasm and the way that you play a victim is is just it's it's uncomfortable and pascal the way that david is just so deadpan it feels like there's this inability to balance what he did with who he is and who he's become and it's the voice of someone who has dealt with the consequences of the actions of a child who was manipulated by an adult it just felt if i you know i've listened to this episode a lot i still even this morning i listened to i listened to it just to make sure that what i thought i recorded and edited is what ended up on the interwebs and i just leave it with my jaw on the table. So well, it, it, it sounds great. I think that the production is, is really excellent. Oh I, yeah. Uh, just the transitions and the, um, and the acting Pascal, you're great. Oh, and thank you. Thank really you. Awesome. And uh, really all the actors just do such a great job. And, and, I, and I, and the thing is, I think that uh, the sound in general, I mean, that's, you know, that's what podcasts are all about throughout the whole thing, it, it really does draw you in. I think, um, Michael, I think you really were able to, uh, you know, capture that sort of, uh, you know, news documentary kind of style and make it um, believable. I, and uh, yeah, that's what you want. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I love the commercials. <laughs> so the commercials were great, weren't they? <laughs> so I definitely want to want to echo that. Um, first of all, I want to say congrats and job well done to everyone involved. Um, yeah. I also listened to it once this morning and once on, I believe, Monday when you first sent it, Michael. And yeah, I'm absolutely blown away. I did um, listen to the first episode also platypus i believe it was called yeah both of these are just so well done so well acted so well written and yeah i'm just really happy to be a part of it it's been it's been quite an experience uh, a lot of beating my head against the wall and a lot of uh you know thinking why am i doing this again 
So, Rich, you, I believe, were the very first person I hired. My casting associate, I think, heard your voice first and said, oh, this is him. This is the guy. Why? And of course, you know, I have no budget. Why did you take the role of of Mr. Avery? Well, um, because, you know, because you offered it to me. I... I I guess I'm a, I've got a background in education and uh, I was a teacher and uh, a principal and I, uh, I, it just kind of, uh, it, it resonated with me. I mean, you, as a teacher, uh, especially as a classroom teacher, you really have so much responsibility uh, and you're, uh, you're alone in a, in a, in a room with, you know, 20, 25, 30 kids. And they're, you know, for the most part, listening to what you have to say all day long. And you hold a lot of sway. You have a lot of power in that situation. And um, and it, I can see where, uh, you know, someone who is in the frame of mind where they're able to, willing to, uh, and maybe... Uh, yeah, to, to, to receive the information that in this particular case, Mr. Avery is, um, is, uh, spouting, you know, if you're vulnerable, you're, you, well, you are vulnerable as a fifth grader, you know, as an 11 year old, right. That's, that's how mm-hmm. old, uh, Sarah and, um, and David were at the time, you know, there, there's still a lot of innocence there. And, to, and, and so that, that I've always, felt that there's a responsibility that is really a sacred one as a teacher to be sure that you you, you don't mess anybody up. I mean, uh, if nothing else, you know, first do no harm, really, uh, as a teacher. And in this particular situation, you've got someone who, in, in the case of Mr. Avery, who who is a real shit heel, I, I think, and, um, and is... And because he's so messed up in the way he views the world, he's the he's the criminal here, really, um, because this the sacred responsibility that he has, he violates it uh, in a way that that he he will never understand why it is that or how it is that that somebody could think that he uh, behaved incorrectly. So he's he's a juicy character in that regard. (laughs) And. and and yeah, it's, it's um, I think this is such. It, it, I I didn't see the whole script when I accepted the, you know, the, the role, but mm-hmm. I, I knew where it was going, and and I think it's important. I hope that I hope that there are people out there that that listen to this and and can uh, can use it as a uh, as a way to motivate them to 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 just be that much more vigilant. Uh, in regard to uh, the adults that are uh, influencing uh, the children in their lives in the classroom. Pascal, your character, David, was highly influenced by this teacher. Um, when, when you were preparing for the role of David, what, what's, what was going through your head? How were you trying to present him as um, now, I guess, what, he's 17, 18, 18? Yeah, it was tough. It was tough, honestly. I had to get into a really specific 
not exactly positive headspace. Um, <laughs> as actors, you know, it's it's been said a lot. You never want to judge your characters, right? You never want to assign a, an alignment chart <laughs> to them. Like, oh, he leans more towards the good or evil, whatever. I just wanted to find some kinship with this character because the script is so, so well done in that I wanted to find the nuance and it gave me so much room to play. I think that's what answered the earlier question of just why I accepted it and why the role stood out to me. I think you did a great job in writing him that his motivation and his influence is apparent. Um, that he isn't just, you know, bullies aren't something, aren't people that are just born, you know, bullies have some sort of influence, some sort of trauma and just seeing, just like finding the relationship there just as, you know, black youth, just how world, how the world inherently sees black men as a danger, as a threat. I just wanted to really connect to the humanity of his character and try to bring a lot of vulnerability in that way. So this was the story was written initially in a, in a, a pre-Trump America, but and I, I think I had told you both this um, a lot of Mr. Avery's dialogue is is verbatim from a classmate that I was in grad school with. This is a man who had said he was a teacher, uh, had been a teacher, and that he wanted to make sure that his students understood the truth about Islam. Listening to him, and I, I got into a huge fight with him, I think he ended up getting kicked out of grad school, but it felt, his words felt almost satirical in their absurdity. And, and this could be for, for either of you, but Rich, you spoke the words. Was there anything that, that you had to say as Mr. Avery that as Rich Green made you uncomfortable? <laughs> um, there was a lot of cringing going on, definitely, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I think, I, I don't know that I've ever met someone quite like Mr. Avery, um, but I've met people who, well, I remember in our little conversation over email, you know, I said, I used the term shit heel and I said, I'll do my best to portray him as the shit heel he is. And you said, he's a complicated guy who has, um, oh, how did you put it? Um, who has beliefs that are not well thought through or something like that. And, and, uh, or yeah. And, uh, and so I guess maybe. Because I've met other people that have, uh, you know, some some not well thought out beliefs uh, and 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 they are just so sure of themselves in those beliefs. I I could extrapolate that, uh, I guess, to a a level that's even more uh, terrible. Yeah. So, yeah, they were they were cringeworthy and uh, and difficult to say but i i could I, it wasn't that big a step to to imagine someone saying those things and doing those things i mean the the scene the scene at the end there where um where he sort of leans down and and sort of whispers to 
David or says to David in his ear, you know, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, you know, he, and he explains it away and say, no, no, I just, because, you know, it was a dramatic situation and I was there with him, just letting him know I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm close by and to, uh, to help him through this terrible thing. And, uh, but you know, that he, he really was with them. I mean, everything else that he said in the, in the interviews, you knew he was with them and just, uh, just absolutely despicable. And, uh, and, 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 and which is, yeah, as a, as a playwright, uh, that you want, you want a character like that to, to feel, or you want your, the audience to feel and know that, that he really is, even though he believes that he's right and maybe has a, uh, sees himself as a victim, as you say, that, that he really is, he really is the criminal. Yeah. Uh, and, and, yeah. And very unsettling and, and uh, very disturbing. And it was so harrowing. Also, it was just going through listening a second time this morning. It's so like as a harrowing to hear Mr. Avery's thought process echoed more gradually as the interviews go on through David. You said, you know, as a teacher, your number one thing is doing no harm. Right. But you can just see the corrosiveness of of David's of David's innocence. You see him like progressively losing that as an, as he really, as Mr. Avery's words, just further marinate with David. Pascal, did you know any Mr. Avery's uh, growing up? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> this wasn't a difficult, um, and I, I think part of it, part of it definitely is, is due to my upbringing. I, I do a lot of these um, a lot of people with a similar thought process as opposed to how we see um, Muslims in America. A lot of these people did serve mentor roles in my life growing up. So the the rhetoric of, you know, of just making an other out of people for having a different culture than yours and how that does create sort of an echo chamber and a radicalization process. I've seen it firsthand. I've, I've definitely seen it firsthand. Now the, the podcast where Mr. Avery's lines begin, anyone who harms a child is a monster. So from, from the get go, you get to hear, and especially with, with rich, with your wonderful voice, you get to hear this very earnest, sincere man leading us off with, um, with some with with encouraging words from him, you know that he is this man who fights for children who are the potential victims of monsters. How does and of course this is fictional, but also real. How does Avery not only survive but thrive in education while we can sit here and 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 see his actions and hear his words for what they really are? Yeah, that's uh, that's a really good question, and I, and I have to say, as a principal, as a former elementary school principal, kind of haunts me a little bit, you know, because I, I mean, it takes all kinds to be a teacher, and 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 the vast majority of people that I've worked with, that I've supervised, 
<laughs> as a principal are incredibly gifted, uh, giving, compassionate, loving people. And, and they have this uh, sense of duty and sense of mission to help children. And, and I've seen, but I, but I know that there are people, I, I see them who are in it and they're the way they go about it is not the way that I would go about it. And the, the, you know, some people that I've, that I've worked with, that have just done some questionable things in the supposed, well, in, in their, you know, the, in the, in doing something that they believe is right uh, to help kids. That is, that is not. Um, and as a, as a, as a principal, as someone who's a leader in education, you have to call people out on that stuff and you have to have the courage to do that. And there can be a lot of, uh, there can be backlash and um, uh, uh, teachers unions are, I think, necessary. And, and it's, it's, uh, it's good that there's a, there's strong unions um, to protect teachers and to, to help them because as a teacher, you can very easily be a target. I feel like Mr. Avery would be a union leader, though. He would work himself into a position to be a union leader. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. And, and, and yeah, and, and unfortunately, I think that, um, that sometimes that that power or that, um, you know, like like in any situation can be wielded in a, in a way that's um, that, that's damaging rather than productive uh or or um you know something that helps uh society in general so yeah i I think that one of the things is that leaders um have to keep their ears and eyes open um uh, principals and superintendents and whatever other teachers and call out the stuff that does not that is not right and uh and because because going back once again, that ultimately our job is as, as educators to um, to protect the kids that are in our care. Yeah, I, uh, I, I taught public school for 20 years and um, I, I know how difficult it is to a to fire a teacher who is um, who has questionable practices. But I also know that, you know, most public educators are. Yeah, some of the most wonderful people, loving people who only want um, children to grow. And you know, the other sort of on the fringes element of this story is, is in the ads, which are these sort of pro-America, anti-public school ads that I threw in because they were... They maybe to make it a little more on the nose, uh, things that weren't in the story. But, you know, I've certainly seen this push in American education to make public schools a, a scarier place and to make something like a, a paid charter school or parochial school, that, you know, paid for with public dollars, a, a, the, the better option for parents. Right. Well, you, why would you want your kid going to this school where we just installed all these metal detectors to protect them? I don't know. That just that was a rant. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, but yeah, public education is in, is in danger, and uh, 
And it's, um, it's a scary thought uh, what can happen uh, to the education system if this sort of, you know, big business privatization kind of thing, using public funds to really fund private schools continues because then then those um those schools become more insulated or insular and um and there's more of a chance of having something uh have having more mr avery's and positions of power so pascal what what do you think is next for for david um after after this this interview that he's given about his actions from when he was 11 um, where does he go after this? Yeah, that's tough. I feel like he's already seen some some consequences to his actions, and he obviously has to has a lot more work to do within himself because it's really interesting because Mr. Avery's ideology empowered his actions, but those actions didn't just come from nowhere. It's he has a lot of internalized anger and a lot of ignorance. So I hope the conversation doesn't just end. I hope the interaction doesn't just end with Sarah because a really key way to exit those cultural and those cultural echo chambers where you make an, an other out of someone else's key way to leave that is just to have outside experience to actually meet and talk with people of that said group because once you get to know them as people then you get to dispel a lot of the discourse and and stereotypes etc so i really hope at some point in his life david gets to really have a friend or an associate or a colleague that's Muslim American. And so he can dispel a lot of the anger and hatred inside of them and just stop seeing them as a monolith. So he both has a lot of internal work he needs to do. Um, but also I hope he, he has some outside help that someone else comes along in his life to help him with that. What's next for Mr. Avery? Now, unfortunately, I think Mr. Avery is, free to continue to poison the minds of young people it would appear well and we can hope that sarah will go on to brown maybe she chooses uh, education as her path in life and you know it's it's a shame that yosra is not uh couldn't be with us this morning because I'd love to hear her take on Sarah, who seems to be, seems to have found a way to love and care for everyone, despite all of the adults in her life, including her, her mom, othering people. And that innocence of Sarah. I hope people see is the heart of the story. Yeah, Yosra did a great job. She's fantastic. I was really looking forward to hearing from her as well. Maybe a yeah. bonus episode. Yeah, maybe. Well, this. Yeah, yeah. I she you know, she's she's in Egypt. So and I don't. I just yeah. I, I have definitely emailed her before, and it's been 
you know, a very long time before I've heard back, but I'll, I'm going to, I'll reach out again and see if I can at least get her, get her on a zoom call to find out what she thinks. She did. She did fantastic. I was absolutely, there's a lot of, um, very emotionally striking moments in the story, but I was just amazed through it all. Just like you said, there's, there's like not a malicious bone in her body. Yeah. <laughs> How yeah. she, she played it wonderfully. Yeah. Well, uh, in, in wrapping this up, gentlemen, what, where else can people hear your, uh, your voices or see your faces in the entertainment world? Um, yeah, I have, I'm on Twitter at pkazi underscore va and <laughs> for voice acting type things i i make funny tiktoks sometimes my tiktok is pack dot voices so that's been a fun pastime lately just any excuse just to practice and and be silly you know <laughs> oh that's great i look forward to seeing some of those yeah i'm gonna jump on that uh, pretty soon today and rich You've got hollow, I know. Yeah, yeah, that, that was great, and uh, that's uh, um, uh, on from Realm Media. It's uh, a, a dramatic podcast based on um, Joseph Conrad's Heart of Darkness. It's like um, Apocalypse Now in space, basically, and and I get to play a, a real <laughs> dirtbag, but just in a different way. And uh, that's, that's a lot of fun. And then also if you live uh, in a small market uh, somewhere uh, around the United States, you might hear my voice in a, in a, in a radio ad for a local business uh, <laughs> because I've been, uh, there's a, a, a an organization, a, a company close by uh, where I live that, that does that they 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 record uh, uh they, they well they write and produce um these you know radio ads for local businesses in those markets that have not yet been swallowed up by the behemoths and so yeah maybe in uh lakeland florida when you're driving around uh, or in missoula Montana, well not missoula but outside missoula <laughs> you might you might hear my voice um yeah, Rich Green with an E at the end, voguy.com is my, is, is my website too. I told you, you loved it, didn't you? You loved it. You want to go back and listen to the episode eight again, huh? You want to tell all your friends? You want to rate and review? Yes, you do. In just a few days, October 5th, our final episode, Best Laid Schemes, will air. It's got talking animals, funny voices. It's basically a Disney movie. I also have a lovely interview with the narrator of that episode, Sandy Keene, a Liverpudlian Pilates instructor turned voice actor. Visit us anytime at ablindplaypodcast.com. You can read any of the episodes, download them from the website, find out about our cast. Or you can visit us on Instagram at Mao House Productions. That's M-A-U-H-A-U-S Productions. See you in a few days.